Today, I want to ask you two questions. Firstly, regardless of whether or not you're already a Christ follower, are you seeking God? And secondly, are you living in the light that you already have? If you don't understand the second question, hopefully you will by the end of the talk. In case you're new to Crowd, we're currently working our way very slowly through the book of um, a book in the Bible called Acts. And in case you're new to the Bible, the book of Acts is a follow-on from the book of Luke. And both were probably written by Luke between 70 and 90 AD. The book of Luke describes what Jesus did and taught. And the book of Acts tells about the things his followers did by the power of the Holy Spirit after Jesus died, rose again and went to heaven. It's a history of the early church and the spread of Christianity. Jesus' followers started in Israel, telling the Jewish people about Jesus. But as the book of Acts progresses, they start going further and further afield and also telling non-Jewish people or Gentiles about Jesus and how to get to know God. Jesus had told them to do this. And in fact, throughout the Bible, we see how God chose one people group, the Jews, to bring God's message to all of the world so that everyone could get to know him. In the Bible, we see that God likes to work in partnership with people. Today's story is about one of these Gentile people, a man in the Roman army called Cornelius. And although Gentiles had become followers of Jesus before, the story of Cornelius is very significant for reasons I'll talk about next week when I carry on with the story. So let's look at the passage. It's from Acts 10 verses 1 to 7. At Caesarea there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and all his family were de devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? he asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who's called Peter. He's staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. Now, I always like to know a little bit about the history, the culture and language of, language of the passages that I read in the Bible, because I think it helps it bring, uh, bring it all to life. And I also like to know how they tie in with other passages. So here are some of the things that I've learned um, just to give you a feel for who Cornelius was and what his situation was. So we know from the passage that Cornelius was a centurion in the Roman army. In terms of ranking, he was at the lower end of leadership, but he knew it was what it was to be answerable to men higher up in the army than he was, but he also knew what it, what it was like to have men under his command. He was part of the Italian regiment, where most of the recruits were probably from Italy, as opposed to some of the other countries recruits were from. We also know that he lived in Caesarea, which is about 120 kilometres northwest of Jerusalem. And today it's a national park. Um, before the time of Cornelius, Caesarea had been a small settlement on the coast and was known as Stratos Tower. I'm not sure about the pronunciation of that, but anyway, um, it was rebuilt and enlarged by Herod the Great not long before Jesus was born. 
And you may know Herod the Great as the man who had all the baby boys under the age of two killed in Bethlehem, the town where Jesus was born, in an attempt to kill Jesus when he was a child. When Herod rebuilt the city, he, he renamed it Caesarea in honour of Caesar Augustus. It was probably a bit of a bootlicking exercise. The Caesar Augustus was the first Roman emperor, and you may know him as the one who called for the census, which led to Jesus' parents going to Bethlehem in the first place. So the passage says that Cornelius and his household were devout. The Greek word that's used here for devout means worshipful. It also says they were God-fearers. The word used here in the Greek was commonly used to talk about Gentile sympathisers. They were people who looked at the Jewish people and their faith favourably. Maybe they weren't convinced that the religion they'd been brought up with was actually true, but they liked aspects of the Jewish faith, or maybe they recognised truth in the faith of the Jews and took on some of the Jewish practices in varying degrees. In Cornelius's case, this meant praying and giving to people who were in need. So it looks like Cornelius has turned his back on his polytheistic Roman religion with all its many gods and goddesses and is at least dabbling in Judaism. Caesarea at this time wouldn't have felt culturally welcoming to Jews and history suggests that Gentiles dominated that city and that there'd been quite a lot of tension between the two groups, including killings. And in the past, the Roman soldiers had tended to side with the non-Jews in any disputes. So it's interesting that Cornelius is potentially making his life more difficult by his interest in Judaism. Maybe you can relate to this. Maybe you were brought up as an atheist, a Muslim, a Hindu, or even as a Christian, and you're questioning that upbringing. For some, your questioning is making your life more difficult because those around you don't like your questions. Questions can be a good thing. It's good to check that what we're basing our lives on is actually true. But many people today question the beliefs they were brought up with in terms of, is this working for me and is this true for me? If that's the case, I think we're asking the wrong questions. The question we need to ask is this, is this objectively true? Is God objectively real? Um, is this objectively true for everyone? Many today assume that all paths lead to God or that all are equally valid, but that's not the case according to the Bible and it doesn't even make sense logically. I've looked at this concept in the past, so I'm not going to look at this here, but if you want to listen to that, you can check out our website. The passage also says that Cornelius prayed continually to God. It wasn't a casual one-off prayer. The Greek word for prayed here means to beg of God. This is not a man who's just going through the motions, trying to make himself feel good by doing some good stuff and rattling off a few prayers to God. He's serious about finding God. He didn't have the whole picture of who God is or how to know him, but at least he's living up to the light that he had. By that, I mean that he knew God existed. He knew to respect God. And this is shown in his actions of prayer and helping those in need. So I come back to my original questions. Are you seeking God? And are you living in the light that you have? Maybe you're not sure if God exists in the first place. The Bible says that the truth of God's existence can be seen through what he's made. The book of Romans says this, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what is made, so that people are without excuse. 
If you're someone who's not sure of God's existence, I want to encourage you to look at the evidence from the world around you. Much has been written on this, and there's not time to go into all of it here, but here are just a few pointers. So Paley's watchmaker analogy says that if you come across something as complex as a watch, you'd rightly assume that an intelligent designer, a watchmaker, made it. So when we see things that have got far greater complexity than a watch, such as an eye, it points to there being a designer. And biochemistry professor Michael Behe um, made similar points in his argument for irreducible complexity. Even a single cell has systems that all need to be present at the same time for the cell to work. They had to come into existence as complete systems, suggesting that someone created them rather than them coming by accident. And the DNA in our cells contains language. And in all other cases, if we see language, we assume intelligence behind it. There are many, many more arguments from different scientific specialities and also from morality, from consciousness, which provide compelling accumulative case for the existence of God. Or maybe you believe that God exists, but you like Cornelius, you don't totally know who he is. You have lots of unanswered questions and that's okay. But are you living with what, within what you know already? Are you living up to the light you have? Are you seeking God? The same goes uh, for those of us who are Christ followers. Those questions, I think, are both challenging and comforting. Challenging because if we think we have a lot of light, we are answerable for a lot. At the same time, when preparing for talks at Crowd, I can become very aware of what I don't know. There are people out there who have much more knowledge about the Bible, its history, its languages, and the significance of all the information contained in it. The research for a talk can become a bit overwhelming because there's so much to learn. So I find the story of Cornelius encouraging because it shows we don't have to know it all, but we do have to live within the light that we have to seek God and to call on him and he will give us more light. Matthew 7 verses 7 to 8 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and the, to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. It takes being active on our part. God wants to know us and wants to be known by us, but he, he doesn't force himself on those who are not interested. God will answer, but it may not be when we expect or how we expect. We're going to hear now from my lovely friend Anya, who was searching for God and didn't get the answer straight away. So here is uh, Anya. Hi, I'm Anna and I would like to tell you about my personal story, how I found God. So um, I'm from Poland and that country is very well known for strong Catholic background and that's how I was brought up. However, I couldn't find God there. And I know it's all individual and all personal, but it wasn't for me. Later on, I move on to um, occultism trying to find him there because I could feel that there is more to my life than just this plain existence. I knew there is more to everyone else's life than just what we can see. And I couldn't find him there. He wasn't there. All I found is the enemy of God and people who um, have a little bit different opinion about words. So I stopped searching altogether. I just gave up. He wasn't answering my prayers he wasn't around me I gave up 
and that was until I went to Frontline and uh, my mom spoke to me about God. She has been, she adopted me, so she's my adopted mom, but she told me about God. She told me who he is. She told me about personal experience with him and how close to us he is. I could not believe that he was always in front of my nose, that he was always with me. He never left me. He never abandoned me. It was me who was looking in all the wrong places. If you want to find God, open your Bible. He is there and he is waiting for you and he's ready. So are you ready to find God? Are you ready for a relationship with him and the best adventure of your life here? And so much more after, then pick up your Bible and read it and you're going to find God. I wonder how long Cornelius had been devout and pleading with God. The passage doesn't say. Maybe it was just a short time. Or maybe it had been for years. I wonder if he questioned if God actually heard him. I bet he wasn't expecting an angel in the answer to his prayers, but that's what he got. An angel who basically said, Cornelius, you know all that time you spent praying? God heard you. And all those people that you helped, God saw you. And he sent me with some instructions for you. You need to send your people to go and find a man called Simon Peter, who's staying with Simon the Tanner. As far as we know, the angel didn't say why Cornelius needed to find Peter. He gave him just enough information for the next step. And I find that's often the case in my own life. God doesn't give me the whole picture in one go, just the next step. Cornelius now had a choice. What was he going to do with the message? Was he going to follow the instructions or was he going to ignore it? The passage tells us he acted on it immediately. We have the same choice. So what is your next step? Is it to consider the evidence for the existence of God? Is it to actively look for God and cry out to him? Is it to do something that you know you're meant to be doing, but haven't got around to yet? If you're up for it, write your thoughts in the comments. And next week, I'm going to carry on the story to find out what happened when Cornelius's men found Simon Peter. Um, so for now, there'll be discussion about all that I've said after this. Coming up, we have Conversation Street. But before we get into that, here's a clip from our podcast, What's the Story, which you can subscribe to on all your favorite podcast apps. I remember a couple at the time who were kind of good friends and mentors in my life and talking about this feeling of acute loneliness. And they actually really encouraged me. The phrase they used was, you know, you actually need to run into the loneliness, Ruth. You need to run into the pain and you need to sit with the loneliness and sit with yourself and see what happens. So I intentionally started to try and empty my diary a bit more, try to not cram it full of people and activity and leave space. And that space, it was scary. That's what I did. And really God did meet me in that space and in that loneliness. So welcome back to Conversation Street as we're just playing around with all the tech again. Uh, so, Another great talk by Sharon. Another great talk. We're going to get into that. Make sure you've got your comments and thoughts written down. We can see them on the screen over here, which is why we're always looking to our left 
so we can see what you've written down, which is awesome. Um, so thank you, Sharon, for doing that. And also, just a quick side break, what's the, pod, what's the story podcast? I hope you subscribed. I hope you're listening to it. Uh, some amazing episodes in the moment, yes. aren't they? Yeah, there are. I listened to, um, yeah, one a couple of weeks ago about a lady that set up a charity, Hannah's, yeah. Hannah's House. Yeah. Brilliant. Very poignant if you've been watching the news and an article that Sky News have put yeah, up. Yeah. Like, the, the difference between the two articles is amazing. But, uh, yeah, read that and find out. <laughs> <laughs> read, yeah, read one, just do the other. Yeah, yeah, read that and find out. and re- do, do your homework. But, no, loving the What's the Story podcast. I'm loving the fact that Anor is, uh, Anor? Anna has <laughs> started doing some of the hosting of the podcast. She's a much better host, I have to be honest <laughs> with you, Lizzie. Um, and so it's great to see Anna doing that. Sadaf's going to start hosting some of the podcasts as well. Yeah, she cool. wants to do some. She's got a whole list of people she wants to interview on the podcast, which is great. So we've got more people coming. And actually next week uh, on the What's the Story podcast, Anna is interviewing me. And this was, uh-huh. a, this was actually an episode we weren't planning on releasing. Um, this is something that was a test. Uh, I say a test. This was something that I did with Anna. Um, when she was learning how to do the podcast. Uh, and we thought, oh, this has actually worked out quite well. So we thought we'd, we'd show the whole thing, which was, uh, which was great. So that's what we did. Uh, and so, um, so, yeah, that's next week. But do make sure to subscribe. Uh, we've put it in the comments, whatsthestorypodcast.com and also a link to Ruth's episode, which is fantastic. So do check that out. Right, let's get into the talk. Uh, let's talk mm. about the talk, shall we? Conversation Streets. Cornelius Part One: Finding God in the Digital Age, uh, by the beautiful Sharon there. Um, so I saw you busy taking lots of notes on your iPad. See, Dan is taking notes on his iPad. I'm old school. Yeah. I don't know if that shows our age difference a little bit. Age difference is so like two years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I, yeah. I set you up then. You could have got yeah, away with that. Um, uh, yeah, I don't do paper anymore. Cramp. You get cramp. <laughs> No, I like to be able to just see it and then remember it as well. Oh. Don't forget to talk into your yeah, microphone. Sorry, apologies. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I love the yeah the habit of prayer and this Cornelius without even really yeah yeah you knowing God that much just begged pleaded. Mm. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, you're not when God speaks to you and He answers you. It's easier to keep praying. Yeah. When you're there and you don't know too much. Yeah. But you're like, well, God's there. I've seen yeah, yeah. the creation. I'm going to keep praying. Yeah. yeah. But hey, you got an angel came to see him. Worth well, the pleasing <laughs> and praying. <laughs> that is true. He did get an angel come see him, didn't he? And um, and it's it's quite fascinating, isn't it? This sort of supernatural experience that he has when he's searching out God. He's not got a theology. He's not read the Bible because the Bible wasn't written then. He was just seeking after God and an angel appears to him um, and he has this quite supernatural experience. And one of the things that I've been loving hearing about um, around the sort of the known world is this idea that God is doing these sort of supernatural appearances to people who are searching for him but don't know really how to find him. Yeah. Um, and so you hear about, um, like there's a lot of people in the Muslim world who are having these sort of... John Harding talked about it on the... Uh, yes, when I, he, I was he thinking, 
was it on crowd was it or something I've yeah yeah no I, John, John talked about it on yeah. crowd yeah when yeah. he talked about the Damascus Road experience which yeah. is uh, was it last week last week because yeah. you and Reese did yeah, that one yeah, 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 yeah 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 um and so that was last week's one you know and God sort of supernaturally appearing to people and here we see that example don't we yeah. so God supernaturally appears to Saul last week and this week as Cornelius a man who feared God a devout man and God still met mm. him um which is well it's quite wonderful really um, I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I, th- I think it's great. And I think going back to the, the revelations and stuff that, that God doesn't, he came, he came as Jesus. We've mm. got the Bible, we've got the stories, and this is what we're, you know, we're, we're in. But even people that don't have that still get to meet God. Mm. Um, and, and something else Sean said later on was live within the light that we have, that if you're pursuing God, if you're pursuing, if you don't even know it's God, you yeah. just know there's something out there. <laughs> he answers us, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. And uh, and I like that. One of the things that actually uh, that I really liked about these verses um, was that uh, the angels, th- was what the angel said to Cornelius, right? So the angel says to Cornelius, he said, um, your arms and your giving have come up as a memorial before God, right? So um, your prayers, your your arms, your giving, your financial giving have come up um, as a memorial before God, which at first glance can sound like a, it can sound a little bit odd because what's a memorial, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and what's interesting is uh, whatever a memorial is, it had to do with his prayers and his financial mm. giving. Um, and and that's quite fascinating that this is sort of what kickstarted his whole yeah journey. We, t- we talk about um, the verse in the Bible that says faith without works is dead. It's yeah. like yeah, we can believe in God and we can be praying, but there's got to be some kind of action mm. as well. And that's actually evident there, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just like God seen. You're not just thinking about it. It's not just something you have. You're actually doing what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, what do you think? Uh, what do you think about the whole thing? Um, because, I d- like I say, I find the whole thing quite fascinating. Um, and so he was a man that feared God. He, His prayers and his giving came up as a memorial before God. And so this uh, this phrase, memorial, by the way, just to sort of be clear what it is, when it says it came up as a memorial before God. This is where, um, in the Old Testament, there's, there's a, sort of a lot of imagery uh, where God says to his people, this, you know, like the Israelites, they get the Israelites, the Israelites. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> don't, look, don't look at me. I'm not going to be able to say it any <laughs> The Israelites cross the Red Sea, and God says, build a memorial. Um, it's basically a pile of like rocks. An altar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, always a, it's something to remind you of what God has done. Right. So whenever you saw them, there's two ways it, it talks about this in scripture, really. One was he saw you sort of built something which reminded you of it. Um, and then you uh, also had a feast. There's usually food involved. <laughs> so let's remember this day because it was a good day. God set us free. Let's have some food and we'll have a lot of food. Uh, and that sort of worked really, really well. Um, and so this memorial thing was just sort of something pictorially that when you saw it, you would remember the things of God, right? So 
um, a bit like a wedding ring is a memorial of our wedding, you know, my wedding day to Sharon, yeah. not our one, but, you know, my, <laughs> my one to Sharon. Um, and so it's a bit like that. So the prayers and giving of Cornelius come up as a memorial before God. It's like this reminder, like God needs reminding, like he's going to forget. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just a really interesting yeah, sort is. of analogy. And it's not the first time it happens when, well, this is God saw it as a reminder but daniel other people remind god yeah don't they of things yeah. and that's a yeah that blows my mind how do we remind god yeah. i don't know uh but it's 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 interesting how we can build these memorials in heaven with our prayers and our giving um and that i find quite a lovely thought if i'm honest with yeah. you um that it's not just Sometimes when you pray, it, it can feel like it's falling on deaf ears a little, you know, like, am I just pr praying into outer space somewhere and it not really working? Um, but it comes up as a memorial before God and it builds this memorial in heaven. And I, and it's sort of the whole of heaven sees it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And they remember the prayers and the giving and what you've done. And this is what happens with Cornelius. And so then an angel sort of comes to see him. Which in itself is a little bit spooky, yeah, right? It is. I mean, have you ever had an angel visit you? Not personally, no. <laughs> well, no. The Bible says we don't know sometimes, doesn't it? If we yeah, yeah. welcome into, but I haven't had one that I knew was an angel. Yeah, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? it yeah, it's one of those, isn't it? It says how you've un let me just put that close to you. Sorry, there you go. Uh, how you've unwittingly entertained angels. angels. So it does talk about sometimes how you've unknowingly entertained them. Uh, which I, is just remarkable, isn't it? Yeah. Just I trying to think about that. Yeah. I Another thing that I wrote down was that um, somewhere here. It's in there, Dan. It is there. And I've only got a few lines. I'm just tapping away. Um, but your questioning is good. And if it's right, it'll stand up to scrutiny. You know, mm -hmm. we hear a lot about in the news about people's views and stuff. Yeah. But... I love that we can question things. Yeah. I love that we can talk about angels and go, oh, I don't understand all that. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to, we can talk about it, can't we? We yeah. can discuss it and we yeah. can question it. And yeah, sorry, it was just a little aside. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> true. And I, I think it's right. And Sharon talked a lot about this, um, the ability for our faith to stand up to scrutiny mm. uh, and to be examined. Yeah. And actually for that not to be a bad thing, yeah. um, I think is quite important. Absolutely. Um, you know, she talked a lot about looking at the actual evidence for faith um, because a lot of people don't, Christians and non-Christians. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just like, um, I, I cannot tell you how many times people have said to me, oh, God doesn't exist because of science. And you go, well, how does, well, tell me in science how God doesn't exist. And it's like, well, no, it's just a, it's just a statement that rolls off the tongue um, because other people have said it or they've heard it, you know, yeah. or they've, um, heard a well-known person mention it, you know, God's dead. Um, well, who was it? Nietzsche, God's dead uh, kind of uh, yeah. statement. And so um, I think it's an easy thing to, to sort of say. But again, and I, th I, think this, I think this goes the other way as well, though, doesn't it? Like Christians will say things. Yeah, and we've not studied it either. We've just done the same thing, you know, yeah. repeat, repeat things without thinking about repeat. what's behind them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. And it's great to... 
it's great to have that knowledge. It's great to have those words imparted to us, but it's also good to know where that comes from and be prepared to question it. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's dig into this. I mean, <laughs> that's all the warm up. Yeah. <laughs> it's just all the warm. So let's dig into Sharon's talk a little bit more. Um, living in the thing that I noted down here was uh, living in the light of what you have. And this is a really interesting phrase, isn't it? It's living into the light of what you have. So being responsible with what you know. And the, the, the story that immediately springs to my mind, Dan, uh, with this is the parable of the talents. And uh, the parable of the talents is there's three guys who are given talents were, was is basically money, yeah. right? So they were given money. Um, three different lots of them. They weren't given the same amount. No. no uh, which is interesting, yeah. isn't yeah. it? And, they, and, and this was a, a sort of analogy that Jesus used about the kingdom of heaven. Um, and so the, the owner, God, gives people different amounts of money and um, is very intrigued, by, um, very intrigued by the amount that they generate with that money, mm. like the interest on that payment or the return on that investment in business vernacular, which is what I would use, ROAS, the return on, on ad spend, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in my world. But it's that ROI, isn't it? That return on investment. And this is this is interesting because the thing that has, has always struck me about that parable is they were all paid different amounts. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so it's like God, it's like God ha expects different things from different people maybe. Yeah. So living in the light of what you have, are you living in the light of what you have? What do you think that means? Yeah, I was thinking about that when... Um Sharon was, was saying it, that some of us have, I put it, don't miss the revelation. If God gives us information about stuff, let's mm. do something about that. Don't go back to the talents right at the end. So one guy gets given, is it just one talent? Yeah. Um, and he buries it. He's like, I'm scared of you. So at least here you go. You got it back at the end. And um, God says, or the, the, the owner that gave him the talent said you could have at least put it in a bank could have done something like yeah. that and got got interest and it's not to deny what we've got and not say well i haven't got i've got nothing i can do with it yeah but, but you have you yeah. know god gives you something you could at least give it back you can at least tell someone about it and i'm talking to, i'm not talking to you out there going oh, i'm <laughs> talking to me saying you know god's given me things and it's my yeah, don't miss that revelation. Don't miss don't mm. miss what God has given that light that God has given you to yeah. to give it back. And Cornelius, almost, he didn't have it direct from God. He just had this. Yeah, there's a God out there, and he yeah, yeah. and he dedicated his he did life he? to it, didn't it? Against yeah, against culture, against yeah. what his heritage and his job in some ways as well. Yeah, yeah. no, he did and. I mean, again, that's a, a sort of one of these points that Sharon made right at the start, which was easy to sort of flick over, was that actually um, Cornelius had seen something in the Jewish people that made him want to go after the Jewish faith mm. um, to go after this unknown God, this sort of God which he was searching for. Because for whatever reason, he obviously didn't find it in 
the Roman gods at the time and so was searching elsewhere and would pray to the Jewish God, which is the same God, right? Um, and he would give money and give alms towards the Jewish synagogue. And so you're kind of like, well, this is really interesting, isn't it? This is really intriguing to me that there was this guy who was outside of what we would call the church community, but really was searching for the God in that was the center of that community. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Really interesting. Mm. Really interesting. Right, what's Graham said here? Because I've got the comments. Uh, Graham, living in the light of what you have could be making the most of the gifts, talents, and skills you have been given, using them to help others and not just sitting on them. Uh, yes, it is very true, mm. Graham. So let me ask you a question, right? I think it's a great question. I'll ask you, Dan. Oh, okay. I'll ask everybody else. Um, are there any talents, gifts, or skills that God is giving you that you have felt challenged to use for his kingdom and his purposes? So here's one where perhaps it wasn't much of a gift to start with. Mm. So I would say I was a bit of an introvert, or I'm an introvert. Mm -hmm. I used to be able to... I. Um, I left university, got a job with BT, yeah, and did like computer consultancy programming type stuff. Um, and I was forced to come out of that. Before that, I could sit in a room, and if there were lots of people in that room, I'd be happy not talking. I'd just yeah. sit there and let people talk around me. Didn't didn't bother me at all. You know, it wasn't like I wanted to say something. Just I'd be quiet. Um, and that job forced me into oh no, I've actually got to yeah to talk to people. And I think God gave me that job. I've moved on and I've been able to use that gift that he's nurtured in me and brought out in me to be able to do things like this. I wouldn't have been able to yeah. speak or something like this or I've been you know, given a talk in church or been abroad on mission and been able to give my testimony. And that was mm. something that God gave me. He gave me that gift, but it was... It was small, yeah, and it's grown, and not even through things that I'd stuff that I was forced into. Forced, you know. What I yeah, mean, yeah. it was a situation that I I was just in, and he's been able to use it, yeah, for good, yeah. And I like that he's he's actually changed to who I thought I was, yeah, yeah. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, and I I mean I rem I remember the early Dan. <laughs> <laughs> And so, yeah, getting you to do something like the live stream would have been an interesting yeah, yeah. thing to do back it then. There would have been a lot uh, <laughs> of quiet moments. <laughs> it's really fun. And actually, one of the great things, I mean, I, you know, for those of you who don't know, um, between the two of us, we handle the production of Crowd Church, right? So when it's live streaming, I mean, t today we're doing it together. I mean, because we're, yeah. we're like, we're going to use the studio for the first time. Let's get both the tech heads together, <laughs> yeah. right? Let's see what we'll happens. Just fill the room with tech <laughs> and press buttons. Let's see what happens. Um, but if you're doing it from home, as well as hosting, you're doing production. If I'm doing it from home, I'm doing production as well. What does that mean? We're controlling the live stream. We're making sure the videos play at the right time. We're trying to respond to comments. We're trying to do um, all of that sort of stuff, aren't we? And, yeah. Um, and so trying to do that and trying to talk and host, it's quite, it's, yeah. it's not like, it wasn't an easy ask for you, Dan, was it really? <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> like, at all. There's a deep end. Yes. <laughs> go jump in that. <laughs> go, yeah. go jump in that. 
And so it's been beautiful, actually, to see you come to do what you're doing, you know, to 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 step into this. Um, and I think you do a great job, as I'm sure the ladies and gentlemen will agree. Um, so now it's it's a lovely thing to see that. So uh, what about you guys out there watching? Um, what talents, what gifts has God um, giving you? What skills that you have been given um, to help others? I'm just reading Graham's comment here, um, but you're sitting on them. Are you living in the light of the knowledge that you have? Uh, which I think is a sort of the central message of what Sharon was talking about. Um, so the title of the talk uh, is Finding God in Digital Age. And one of the things that um, was said in the comments, I'm just going to find it over. I'm just going to yeah, use my It was from Jenny. Yeah. Um, and Jenny's awesome. Uh, and that's multitasking. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently men can do it. Yeah, we just hide <laughs> the facts. <laughs> I hope Sharon's not watching this. Uh, so... Um, uh, I was brought to faith through, uh, in fact, I think I can do this. I wonder if this is going to work. Look at that, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. In fact, let me just uh, make that look. There we go. We can make it. There we go. Uh, I was brought to faith through a long conversation with a pastor friend in another country by WhatsApp, mm -hmm. which is probably a good example of finding God in a digital age, which I thought yeah, was lovely. Very good example. <laughs> it's a really good yeah. example, isn't it? Uh, it's a really good example of uh, finding God in the digital age. And um, we have, uh, I don't have the, I, I normally have a button which I can press, which I have not set up. Oh, hang on. There we go. If you go to the website, <laughs> <laughs> I have set it up apparently. Uh, if you go to the website on the screen, www.crowd.church or on social media, um, you can reach out to us via WhatsApp. You can send prayer requests in. You can ask your questions um, about faith and about life. Many of you do. Um, and they actually come through to me on my phone, uh, just because I love having the conversations. <laughs> if I'm honest with you, we should probably start sharing them out at some point. Um, but I've been talking with Jenny and Andy and people like that just all the time, which is great. Yeah, you know. And, and this is finding God in the digital mm. age. Um, that wherever you are in the world, whatever your... Um, situation in life is you can reach out to us you can connect with us um, and you can find god in the digital age and we would love to help you find him uh, if you're on that journey uh well we're all on that journey aren't we wherever you are on that mm. journey let me just talk to that camera no, no, wrong camera there we go <laughs> i'm still <laughs> learning the switches uh so uh, it would be great to help you connect with god uh via uh the digital realms so do get in touch with us as you can see on the screen down below you can see the website and the social media handle www.crowd.church or at social sorry or at crowd church on social media so yes just plug in that a little bit there so we would love to talk to the other thing that we do before matt crew tells me to do it and i'm sure he might have done it actually i've not been checking the comments um Oh, yeah, promote the Zoom. He's <laughs> <laughs> always on it. No! Uh, he's there always before me. So apparently he has told me already to promote the Zoom. Uh, again, we have midweek groups uh, on Zoom using digital technology. Um, if you would like to be part of our online community that meets up during the week where we just get together, we catch up, we pray, uh, we just encourage one another. Um, then again, let me click the website, all the information, just go to the website, get in touch with us via the website. We can send you the Zoom link. We do use Zoom for this at the moment um, and you can reach out to us through that as well. We would love to connect with you um, 
on the on Zoom, and they're on Wednesdays uh, at eight PM UK time, which is three PM Eastern Standard Time, or is it Eastern Seaboard Time? So it's Standard Time, but Eastern Standard Time. I can't. Seaboard might make a bit yeah, more. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. yeah, there's a little link on the website which tells you what time zone it is in your local country, because they get com- confused very quickly. <laughs> Very confused. Uh, anything else from Sharon's talk, mate? Well, I think just from Anya, who's uh, awesome, isn't she? Oh, she's a legend. Yeah. I love Polish with a slight Scouse accent. <laughs> 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 it's great. If you're, if you're listening from another country or from America, that's some of the words. You're like, that's not Polish. That's not English. That's Scouse. Yeah. 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 Brilliant. Polish with a Scouse accent. But what she says is, are you ready to find God? If you don't know Jesus... If you listen to this, perhaps not live, but at another time, you're ready to find him. And mm. even like we've, we've just been saying, haven't we? Not even through the Bible, just cry out to him, look at creation and go, "What? this is awesome. Yeah. Who made it? And yeah, you're yeah. ready to find him. Yeah, absolutely. And Anya is a, Anya's sometimes in the comments of uh, crowd yeah i don't think she is today i've not seen her in the comments today but she is in the comments of crowd sometimes as well so anya if you're watching this you you let me get to the right <laughs> camera i don't know which you are amazing absolute legend whichever camera i'm on you're still a legend yeah. uh but no it was great to hear her story and i i'm gonna get her to i think i'm gonna see if she wants to do a little bit more actually mm. we'll see we'll see how we get on one thing that i did want to know um if you're watching the live stream and you were at Frontline this morning. We had the Frontline Youth Takeover. So the in-person church we go to in Liverpool, uh, we had a youth takeover, which basically um, th- they did such a good job. They, the, the youth did the welcoming. They did the worship, uh, although Josh was up on stage. Yes. And I'm like, what are you doing up there, yeah. <laughs> you old man? Um, <laughs> uh, they did the worship. They did the preach. They... Um, were praying for people afterwards um, and they did like the whole hosting of the meeting yeah. and I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, brilliant. And the, the three, um, two girls and a, a lad um, spoke and it was brilliant. Yeah. So clear. Just, yeah, I took that in and my, um, yeah, my son and daughter were there as well, and they were really, yeah, really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, brilliant, really, really connected. So with yeah, we were thinking they should take a do a crowd. Yeah, we're going to try and get them to take over take crowd. Over. I need to talk to Danny about it, yeah. <laughs> which would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, do a crowd takeover. It says Matt Cruz put in the comments here, uh, an old geezer was an AV. <laughs> 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 so Matt Cruz was doing AV, which is uh, is a beautiful thing. So, um, so yeah, you never know. We'll get Anya on board. Maybe get some mm. of the youth on board. Uh, we've uh, we've got some great stuff coming. So. Um, just on that side, just to let you know what is happening over the next few weeks as we enter the summer. Uh, we're going to carry on our study in the book of Acts. In August, we have what is called the non-live live stream, uh, or, or NLLS, as ZF has abbreviated <laughs> it to uh, in all the production notes. Um, and we've got some great talks coming up in August, but the live streams, they're live, but we're not hosting them live. Okay, if that makes yeah. sense, because everyone's away on holiday. That's why we call it the non-live live stream. Uh, so we kind of pre-record them and we publish them during August. Um, and then in September, we're going to carry on with the Book of Acts. Uh, the reason we do the non-live live streams, just to give you a heads up, um, as we are now in July, approaching August, uh, is just so everyone can take a bit of a break, actually, a bit of a breather, and everyone can have a bit of time out uh, in August 
with the family, which is great. What's Graham put there? Oh, it was all amazing. The preach by the three youth mm. was excellent. Say it frontline. Yes, it was. Um, so really, really good. So yeah, that's what's coming up. Um, I think that is... Uh, yeah, we give our beloved teams a break, says Matt, but I'll be in the comments mm. most weeks. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Crew, the top commenter. Um, and so if you want to remove Matt Crew from being the top commenter, feel the freedom. <laughs> Go for it. Um, <laughs> have a little healthy competition. <laughs> See what happens. What are you up to next week? Um, I am... I'm doing AV at church. I'm doing more tech. More tech. More tech at church. Um, and I think we're going to the beach because we, so at, at Frontline, we, every once a month, we have something called Scattered Sunday, which yeah. means uh, a lot of the, the groups in the communities go and just do something else. Um, so we're going with a few families. Fantastic. To, to the beach. Yeah. So Fantastic. I'm just looking at the notes here. As you can probably see me uh, farting about on the screen. <laughs> Uh, next week, I am hosting with Anna Kettle, um, is what I'm doing next week, uh, as Sharon carries on this conversation about Cornelius. So do come and join us for that here at Crowd. And hopefully we'll be in the studio again, because actually Anna, just like you, just lives around the corner from the yes. studio, uh, which is a beautiful thing. Um, and so let us know, what did you think to Crowd in the studio the first Sunday here? Do you think it went well? I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's much easier it's so much face more to natural. face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You realise how Zoom is, is brilliant. Digital mm -hmm. tech like that is great. But there's still that something you can't do when yeah. you're just fully face live. Face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it works super well. Yeah. And the the ability to have, have you got used to it? Because what you mm. don't know, we wear these headphones, one, to prevent feedback. <laughs> um, and two, just so I can hear what's going out on the live stream. But it does mean I can hear my own voice yes. in my head. Have you got used to that? I'm getting used to it, yeah. And it's quite... I was saying before, one of the things that I do in real life is <laughs> I trail off my sentences. I don't finish questions. And when it's coming back in your ears, you're a lot more aware of what you're saying. And um, so it actually, actually helps, yeah. quite like it. Fantastic. Perhaps I just should wear headphones all day. <laughs> Can you imagine just walking around with headphones yeah. just monitoring what you're saying to people all the time? You know, it could work. It could work. So Matt says that uh, it went well. Have a shave, though. Um, <laughs> who, me or Dan or both? I yeah. don't know. I've just been very lazy this week. I have to be honest. That's fine. Uh, listen, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Dan, thanks for joining me in the studio. Well, it's been great. Oh, no, in all grill. In all grill. Yes. That's how you say it. In, yes, in all grill, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Or in all grill. In all grill. In all grill. In all grill. Our first time here in the studio. <laughs> Uh, playing around with the different cameras has been great. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us in the comments. Do make sure, if you haven't done so already, please like the video as it helps us reach more folks and mm. we just enjoy what we're doing here at Crowd Church. Just talking about Jesus and how he helps us live a more meaningful life um, and just loving getting in the Bible, talking about these different things, being challenged and, you know, hanging out with good mates. Yeah. Hanging out with you guys. It's awesome. So do come join us next week. If you haven't done so already, like and subscribe. Hit the little bell notification. You'll get to know when we go live. Or one last time, go to the website, uh, sign up to the email, and we send out an email every Sunday letting you know when we are, in fact, live. So that's it from me. That's it from me. Have a fantastic week wherever you are in the world. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye for now. 
Thank you so much for joining us here on Crowd Church. Now, if you are watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button as well as that little tiny bell notification to get notified the next time we are live. And of course, if you are listening to the podcast, uh, the live stream podcast, make sure you also hit the follow button. Now, by smashing the like button on YouTube or writing a review on your podcast platform. It helps us reach more people with the message that Jesus really does help us live a more meaningful and purposeful life. So if you haven't done so already, be sure to check out our website, www.crowd.church, where you can learn more about us as a church, more about the Christian faith, and also how to connect into our church community. It has been awesome to connect with you and you are awesome. It's just a burden you have to bear and hopefully we'll see you next time. That's it from us. God bless you. Bye for now.